This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello, and with me, Cam Rasland, today, we have the returns of She Is the News. She is the voice of the news here on BFM. She is Danya Nye. Hello, it is I, Malaysia's Walter Cronkite. <laughs> <laughs> Except you can't say it. I can't say his name. Walter Cronkite. Cronkite. Yes, okay, yeah. I got it this time. And, uh, and we have somebody here who's... Um, well, he's Malaysian, but he's old enough to remember Walter Cronkite, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> he's a um, advertising guru. He's a uh, marketing guru, oh. actor, and uh, he's Vernon you, Adrian Among. You're just too kind. I'm just <laughs> Vernon Adrian Among. Well, thank you for having me again. Uh, Always a pleasure. A pleasure to have you here. And our three topics are, topic number one is background extras. Topic number two is confirmation bias. And finally, topic number three was: is, do you always have to be the bigger person? So uh, with com- confirmation, that, that's not my topic, that's first. <laughs> with topic number one, background extras. Um, in a previous life, I was a filmmaker. And one of the jobs, that I, many jobs I had was as, as an assistant director. Assistant director... Uh, this is pulling open the the, 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 the curtains so people can see the, what happens behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, assistant director works out the uh, the mechanics of the shoot at that moment on set, makes things go smoothly, works out what's going to happen next, but also directs the background extras. So uh-huh. when I watch a movie, I always look at the background extras. and And I think that it's one of those areas where we have subconsciously receive a lot of information that we don't really take in mm. but but it's it's there and an example of um interesting use of background extras was in Martin Scorsese's The Irishman I don't know if you saw it it was, it was like mm, I haven't it, <laughs> but yeah carry on carry yeah, on it was very long a very long film and an awful lot of money was spent on trying to make Robert De Niro look like he was 20 years old it just didn't but he work. was? It didn't work. <laughs> How old was he? It, he's, what is he, about 80. <laughs> it really didn't work. And um, But one of the things that they did when I was watching is like, why is everybody so old in this film? Uh, All the background extras were really to old. To make him look younger. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Okay, 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 okay. Got so it. there were people working jobs where they're way past retirement age. <laughs> But it's like, you're so old. Why are you there? Oh, ageism, ageism. Well, no, it's not ageism because <laughs> he was deliberately sticking lots of old people around Robert De Niro so that he would look with all this anti-aging software, yeah. which is just Instagram um, kind of filters. Filters. Yeah. It really was that bad. And, uh, and I watched another thing called Rome. It, it came out, gosh, about 10 years ago. And, um, and again, I was watching you know, all the background because all these Roman people, they're really old. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I realized on that one, you see, that was shot in Bulgaria. And one of the things about extras is these are the people who've got time on their hands. And they're often retirees um, or very young. So <laughs> if you <laughs> like children. Yeah. So if you're watching Rome, you would have gotten the impression that only old people. Ancient Rome was filled with <laughs> really old people and, and children uh-huh. uh, because everyone else is at work in the office. If you're watching a Hollywood movie, then Hollywood makes so many movies that there's an industry of right. uh, background extras. And they're, they're notorious for, for, for turning up and opening their bags and just putting all the food into their bags. Um, but no, why not? Yeah. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I just want to talk about background extras, something we don't really look at, but actually really tell us a lot 
either of you, do you ever look at the background extras? I want to ask if, you know, when you were working with the background actors, yeah. whether you would kind of like create your own movie within a movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right? <laughs> at first, no. It's just like you. Stand there, walk over there when I say action. <laughs> but you have a story in your head. But what, yeah. Right? As, yeah. as Later on, it was like, okay, you two, you stand there and you're having an argument. <laughs> and these people have never met each other before. But don't say anything because we don't want the sound. But, uh, yeah, you know, like, you, you, you've been really bad to her and, and, mm-hmm. and she's put up with so much of your <laughs> nonsense and, and they can't take any more, that kind of thing. Was yeah. it psychotherapy for you? No, not at all. We've just tried to make, try to make the, the scene have uh, life to it. Oh, okay. Danya, yeah. had you ever... I haven't really thought about background actors besides uh, watching the making of Lord of the Rings, mainly because when you think about all the war scenes... You don't realize how many extras they actually have. You, you, you're paying attention to the main characters or the main actors in the movie, but actually, you think about it, they probably had to hire like thousands and thousands of people to just have that people in the background fighting and all that. So I always think of that. And when you first suggested this topic, I was thinking, oh yeah, actually, if the actors, the background actors were in that, the scene probably wouldn't be real. It, it's what helps make the scene believable when you're watching it. And I didn't really think about it because if there were just two main actors there in a cafe and no one else was there, it would look weird. Mm. Um, so yeah, I thought about it in that sense and how it, it makes the realism um, of a movie come to life. Yeah. You, well, yeah, but, or, or negatively as well, because the directors normally don't think about the background extras. Mm. And, um, and if they do, I was, watch, I was reading an, an, uh, an interview with an actress. I can't remember who it was, a long time ago. She was complaining suddenly. She was the star of the show. She said, why are all the people in the background, all the women in the background, wearing bikinis and being really hot? It's like, this is not reality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and why are we just sort of like suggesting that all women are... <laughs> Blonde and in bikinis and stuff. This, this is crazy. I mean, I guess you're building you're building the reality that the director wants in that case, aren't you? I think in that case, he just hadn't been thinking about it. It's just like hire some extras, and the guy, the guy in charge of extras, was like, yeah, let's have more bikinis. So wait, so had that has that been like? Well, has people come and complained about background extras like that in that case? Like, oh, you're you're perpetuating like a wrong narrative or something? Yeah, I think sure. I think if 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 there was something unpleasant in air quotes unpleasant, as in somebody in a bikini who's not, you know, hmm. uh, nice to look at, that would be quite a distraction. So perhaps maybe you just want things to, you know, move along right. without distraction, to minimize the distractions. So this hmm. is the reason why good-looking people usually are cast. Yeah. You know, and if an ugly person is cast, it's usually because they have a character face. Mm. Mine. Mm. So yeah, so it's 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 about minimizing distractions. Wow, Vernon saying the things the rest of us too scared to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know I, yeah. I kinda like yeah. Uh, well mm. I I don't watch much Indian cinema, but when I do, mm. I like to look at the background extras. Especially when they're doing the big dance scenes. Yeah. Because I'm just like I mean Bollywood is a big industry. Yes. But the I was watching a clip anyway from a, a new Shahrukh Khan film there were like thousands of them dancing (laughs) and they were all doing it really well yes and it's so fast you can't really quite tell often who they are what yeah but i'm just like what an industry in in general i would say it's more fun to watch the background dancers we're talking about like dance scenes in bollywood films mainly because 
they're better than the main actor. <laughs> 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 I really make, when I looked at the backgrounds, I realized Shah Rukh Khan's not very good at no, this. No, he isn't that great. He's <laughs> but like, um, but also because they're also having more fun with it because they're not the main cast, obviously. And and I think that also applies to like um, like music videos when there's dance scenes as well. Like yeah. Genuinely, you like to watch the background people because they're doing it properly. They're having fun. Whereas the actor, you know, they have the pressure they're the of... they're the real I gotta, dancers. Yeah, they're the real dancers. And I, I don't know if, if Bollywood still does this, but... They, they used to always go off to Switzerland to, to mm. film the, the mountain scene. <laughs> so there there was, I believe, I don't know if that still is, a dance industry, dance troupe of Swiss dancers oh. who kind of specialise in doing Indian cinema whenever they come to town. Oh, So okay. you, you look at the backgrounds, it's like, oh, they're all blonde and everything. But they're doing, <laughs> like, really kind of, you know, Hindi movie stuff. And, you know... <laughs> I've got to watch an, a Hindi movie. I mean, I now. hope they're still there. Now I want to go to Switzerland just to like, yeah. see it. I, I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, okay, so if, I, I would just say, in future, folks, look at the background extras. No, I will. No, definitely. Every movie I watch, I'm going to look at the background extras. Because it, it really has, uh, it plays a part. Like, I was watching um, Saving Private Ryan, mm. okay? And the, not many background extras, but they're like French people running around and going, you know, Zuta Law, and they're like being <laughs> bombed and stuff. But of course, it was shot in Ireland. So all the background extras, all the, all the people landing on the beaches as um, US Marines, they're all Irish. And I find that amusing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, one, okay, finally, in Braveheart, mm-hmm. the Mel Gibson film, also, I believe, shot in Ireland. And um, they had to like, run, at, run at each other mm. and fight a battle. And they were not really tutored in what they were doing. So uh-huh. they all ran at each other and it got a bit bloody. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so just Irish people just running at each other and not being told what to do. Because they didn't have an assistant director like me. Mm. Yeah, you'd Braveheart be a would have gone so there. much more differently if you were there, Cam. Yeah, I wouldn't have won an Oscar. <laughs> I would have made sure it didn't win an Oscar. <laughs> that trash win an Oscar. Um, okay, so we move on. Topic number two, confirmation bias. Mm-hmm. Vernon. Yes. So I just wanted to talk about this because of various things going on around in the world. Um, as we all know, um, things are happening, especially in the Middle East. And people are, in a way, kind of like being inclined towards taking a side. Mm-hmm. And in recent times, we've seen a great kind of like uh, upheaval in the realization of, um, you know, the Palestinian uh, situation. Um, and yeah, how are we processing the information that we're having and whether or not um, among us we are going towards news sources or sources of information that confirm our own biases? Because uh, I've heard of families and communities being torn asunder by people taking sides. In Malaysia? Yeah, in Malaysia. I mean, like, um, perhaps maybe in my own neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know, certain people standing with one side and certain people standing with the other. Um, yes, it's a complex issue. Um, and perhaps maybe we'd be less inclined to uh, towards such p- polarities if we understood the situation a lot better. Um, and and from my point of view, I mean, I, 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 I stand with the Palestinians, 
Um, and I've come to that conclusion after digging deep into listening to people like Norman Finkelstein. Mm. You don't know who he is? Yeah. Uh, Google him yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I just like for all of us, before we cancel each other out, you know, to, to really dive deep into... And, and to question the, the information that we're receiving, which brings us neatly to Daniel Nye, <laughs> because you yes, are, the, you are yeah, giving us the, the Walter information. <laughs> no, Cronkite. Cronkite. I can say it, Walter Cronkite. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing is I work in news and I give out the information, but unfortunately we live in a time where people are going to search for the news that already confirms their beliefs biases, yeah, 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 and their biases. The problem with today is that people are so stuck on their beliefs, it's hard to have conversations with people or for them to like consume content that challenges their beliefs without them taking it as a personal affront on them. I think that's the problem. I think we can give out the information, but we can't tell people how to consume the news or consume the information. And we've come to a point, I feel, where in general, people don't want to go outside what they already know. That's but you, you must still be thinking about the language that you use. I mean, of course, we always... In news, you're always taught to be neutral in the way you report things because mm. it's so easy to influence people and like say, like, this is how you should think, this is how you should feel. Um, but we, like, you know, the facts, the facts are there. you got to just lay them out in the most neutral way without any sort of bias. But again, people are so, like, if you look at, you know, people look at, read CNN, read Al Jazeera, they report even like the Palestine situation in different ways, in mm. different uh, biases also. So if they decide to go to CNN, they they have a different idea of what's going on. If you go to Al Jazeera, yeah, like you the know? choice of words, right? Yeah. Killed, died, or massacred. Yeah. yeah. So hmm. it's it's difficult. Even though I feel like we've been very new, I mean, try to be as fair as possible in our reporting on whatever topic we're talking about. So what kind yeah. of what kind of uh, safeguards do you put in place? I mean, like, uh, is there a, is there like two other people? Looking at how the news is constructed, I mean, so usually that you check on each other. Usually, we have two people on the desk who are looking through what's been written out for the bulletin, so we can point out, oh, this doesn't sound right. This one's a bit mm. too to this side. It supports this view too much. We got to change right. it. So at least there's someone on the desk who's always um, going through what we've written, so we don't present like a bias towards any mm. side. You know, it it has to be neutral because we just present the information. We are deliverers of facts. That's what we are. Oh, you're old-fashioned. Yeah. Old-fashioned. Old-fashioned. <laughs> well, can I just say, I, I've been thinking about this quite a bit because I, um, I recently was a couple of weeks I was in England and I grew up there, so I kind of know, I know them quite well. And it was really fascinating whilst there that this, um, the whole Gaza situation happened. And the people in Britain absolutely gripped by this story, uh, even though really the story that they should be looking at is Brexit. I mean, that's mm. their story. Yeah. <laughs> but you're saying about confirmation bias um, and people going to the sources that, well, that confirm their beliefs. But I think the thing that's happened in, in Britain anyway is that uh, a lot of people have suddenly been confronted with something which is really disturbing yeah, yep. their belief. And there has been a turn away from, in Britain and in America, a turning away from a, a, just a reflexive pro-Israeli stance. Mm. Huh? Yeah. And, and it's not just an Israeli stance. It's, it's a, it's a zero-sum story. Like, just crush them. Destroy them. 
pro-Israeli. Yeah, that that was always the situation before. You know, oh, yeah, Israel yeah. must be defended, and mm. anything else must be destroyed. And instead, discovering that there is actually <laughs> nuance. Mm. I mean, you know, gosh, I mean, because uh, one of the reasons why I arrived at this topic also was uh, the recent uh, big pharmacy. Oh, the ad. The ad, <laughs> which I and, never saw. Uh, it was it was a supposedly a Deepa Valley ad, but it was seen as racist and degrading, and uh, even blasphemous. Um, and uh, when I saw it, I felt the same way too. And then I decided to go into the TikTok accounts of the comedian in question, mm. and I realized that he was actually offensive to his own kind, you know. Um, and then I started to think about like people like I don't know whether Danya you you have any idea of who Jamali Shadat is no um, but he was a, he was a Malay comedian in the 70s <laughs> why would Danya know <laughs> well maybe maybe her parents had kept don't, videos don't of him or something about him over dinner <laughs> okay but but he 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 made fun of uh, uh, Chinese people and Indian people as well as Malay people you know like this Chinese comedian Malaysian Chinese comedian uh, this time around. Um, so it, it how, was. How is this confirmation bias? Well, it's uh, it's not confirm. Well, basically, if you hear people being triggered and you were triggered, then you feel like okay, that's confirming my my how, what I'm feeling. So then it swells into kind of like you know a, a mob um, uh, okay. rising up um, to crucify a comedian. And I guess that happened also uh, with with the crack house comedy situation, where you know suddenly other stuff totally unrelated to the actual incident became f- cannon fodder, you know. To to so it's like you, know, you see, this is what I've been saying all along, kind of thing. Uh, uh, they're out to get us. Uh, oh yeah, that, well that kind of response. Yeah, it's 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 it's. Wait a minute, what are you saying there? That uh, that victimhood. Are you are you commenting? I, I'm asking. I, I don't really know. I mean, just trying to trying to trying to characterize. You just triggered me there, you know. Oh, did I? Oh. oh gosh. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's 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 uh it's quite interesting. Like um you know my my recent mantra is curiosity before judgment, um and uh I think if we you know ask questions contrarian to how we're feeling, we might come to a place where we might be a little bit more enlightened and therefore more compassionate to each other. Mm. Well, in a moment, we're going to, I think, related tone, ask if we always have to be the bigger person here <laughs> on just... <laughs> that's my football program. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of culture, BFM 89.9. And we're back uh, with myself and... Uh, Vernon, Adrian, Among, and Daniel. Now, I'm sorry. I'm really having to think. This is not the football program. <laughs> so how do I do these different shows? Um, and now, Everton versus no, um, <laughs> Danya. Yes. Do we always have to be the bigger person? No. <laughs> there, that's it. Um, no. Um, so I don't know if you guys remember there was this famous uh, clip, or not really a clip, but where uh, Michelle Obama came out and said. Um, when they go low, we go high. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yes. Um, and I knew, everyone I knew was... it was wrong even then, <laughs> as she was saying it. Yeah. I knew it. I was like, no. Um, yeah. And, and I think 
for a long time, everyone was like, yes, we have to be the bigger person. I mean, even before Michelle Obama came along, but we have to be the bigger person. But uh, online, there is a real sort of appetite for people being petty. Um, you know, because you're not going out and being extremely unkind to some person, but you're going out and you're expressing your frustrations in a in a small but meaningless way, which I which I think is fine. I think it's a good thing because I think sometimes um, people pleasers, which I am a people pleaser, um, have a hard time setting boundaries. And I think also being a bigger person doesn't get you anywhere. Doesn't, you don't get anything. What do you get from being a bigger person? Do you make the other person look small? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the smaller person cares, though. I don't think anyone cares about being a smaller person. As long as you, person. you feel that that other person is small, then you win. No, I don't think so. I think I just become a person with nothing for having Aww. been a better person. All right. <laughs> can, I, can I ask Tanya? Uh, can you f- think of an example of this pettiness of which you? For speak? example, let's say. Oh, I came um, quick. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it. Let's say you are paying for a Netflix account, okay, and you collect money from everyone else who shares the account with you. And one person, even though you've asked nicely like multiple times, hasn't done it. So what you can do is you can go into their Netflix account. You don't delete it. But you just watch movies that you know they would never watch. And you screw up the <laughs> algorithm. And then you just leave it. And then they keep wondering, why this my movie like options, suggestions keep coming up that I don't want to watch? Like, i got to remember you know? this tactic. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, just like that. It's nothing unkind. It's just something that lets you vent your frustration right. in a way. <laughs> so in this fictional... Uh, yes, in this fictional, fictional very thing. fictional scenario. Your sister... <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, all right. So it's a private um, delight. It's a private delight because, I mean, unless you, I guess you could do it in a way that, you know, eventually you spill the tea and like the person finds out that, yeah, that you've been doing all this. But but I, I think it's good because sometimes people like me have a hard time expressing boundaries. And I think that's a good step forward. It might not be the best, it might be the, the best step like uh, long term, but mm. I think it's a good step towards that. And I don't think, you, like I said, I don't think you get anything out of being the bigger person other than having this false sense of I'm a, such a good person that I've resisted resist temptation to like, right. be mean. So you... you. No, but you were mean. Yeah, you are. So you're, 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 <laughs> and you're kind of was, embracing this. It's you're not mean. It's not mean. <laughs> it's, it's... It's a private. <laughs> <laughs> You've just screwed up somebody's algorithm. I mean, but I, it's not like I went and stole their money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not the end of the world. It's not the it's end, not end of the, the world. world. Yeah. They can still continue. No, they you can, do you. You do you. They can search for the movie on their Netflix account. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, have you ever, you ever been in a situation where you've been really upset with someone and oh, you know that you just, you know, you should, you want to shout at them, you want to like scream at them, whatever it is, but you decide, you know what, it's fine, I'll be the bigger person. Yeah, yeah, but does yeah. that ever, you know, bring you satisfaction? Yeah. It yeah. does? Yeah. I when think, you know. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I mean, bigger, no, that's not, that's not fair. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've, you've done these kind of little yeah. Um, when, sh- mm. yeah, I mean, I find myself in situations where I'm trying to get, you know, trying to communicate with somebody, I'm trying to get mm. something out of them and then they're just not happening. And so, so what I do is I, I become, I become even more polite, <laughs> like super polite, so polite that it is clearly I'm being very, you know. Passive aggressive? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or beyond, beyond. That's kind of, a, that's 
kind of being petty in its own way. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, but <laughs> passive aggressive is pettiness. I mean, yeah, so we should. Yeah. So what I'm saying, wait, maybe don't. <laughs> I'm not. I'm it's not new okay. to you, Tanya. It's, it's okay. New, we it's don't new. have to be profound all the time and meaningful and blah, blah, blah. It's okay to be silly and it's okay to hit back. But yes. can, I, can, I, can I say that? You know, not online, physically, just online, okay. Online. Yes. Um, one can receive uh, something that's, you know, it's aggressive and mean, etc. Mm. And then you then have to make the choice, am I going to do the Michelle Obama thing <laughs> or the Danya Naya thing, <laughs> whatever that may be, or, or the, the Donald Trump thing. I mean, um, and, I, and I, I, I have to say, I, I've seen a lot of young people who mm. are able to make these replies, say these things, which are like, Really young people. Young, yeah, young. Maybe like people ageist are, again. I'm not saying <laughs> ageist at all. No, people who, who, are, who are used to this in their early 20s who can like do this sort of zinging reply mm. that leaves no room for a counter reply. Oh, you're just too sensitive. <laughs> no, I'm just really impressed by people who are able to. Oh, yeah, they just come up with like yeah, quick yeah, yeah. like replies. Right, yeah, yes. Yeah. But to be honest, the, with those kind of things, I don't feel the need to be petty because I don't know these people, you know? Oh. I don't know these but people. But what if you did? If if I did, then I would do something in a personal way that doesn't go through things. Yeah, yeah. You'd break into their homes. <laughs> but 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 the internet is generally a well of pettiness. I would say in itself, as a structure, the internet is is a is a place for pettiness it, to thrive. It, it does, seem and it, it is celebrated there. Like YouTube YouTubers and influencers regularly make content where they share stories of. Um, oh, this person, I broke up with my boyfriend, so I removed all the batteries in his remote controls, and then I left. Like, you know, those, those kind of things. Like, it's all, That's like, another really, tactic I remember. <laughs> like, right. small things. It's, it's something that people, like, celebrate on the internet, I feel. Especially yeah, on, on, inter- on, like, TikTok and YouTube and things what is like it, that. What is it like, uh, these little evil pleasures, right? Yeah. I, I, I think it's good to be able to have those kinds of... Uh, what is it? Uh, 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 moments of uh, of of letting go mm. and not being so. What is it? Moralistic or or, or, or pure or you know, we, yeah. I mean, like sometimes I feel like when I'm you know I'm so so I so I manage creative teams and sometimes I don't want to um, hurt a creative ego, but sometimes I think it's necessary, mm. and so I think. Decisions that we make in navigating through life will often depend on what we think might be the best approach to arrive at uh, arrive at uh, an outcome that we feel comfortable about, that we feel is necessary. And so, yeah, we so don't, don't need like to be confrontation. The <laughs> Actually, I kind of like do like confrontation oh, in that because real truths come oh, out. Daniel, you can't you can't no, take it. No, but I don't do confrontation. That's no. where the pettiness comes. <laughs> okay, let me let me, ask, let me ask this then. Look, the three of us, we don't have children. Okay, yes. uh, but if we could imagine that we did have kids, we're raising children. <laughs> yes, Daniel, would you be? <laughs> Would, Would you be, be proud <laughs> to say, child, <laughs> when somebody <laughs> messes with you? You take away the batteries from their remote control. I would, I would, I would secretly be proud. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I would tell them you shouldn't do that. But on the inside, I'd be like, yes, well yeah. done. Yeah, well because done. yeah, because it's actually <laughs> a, a, an indication of navigating well. Yeah, 
Resourcefulness. Yeah. Okay. Resourcefulness, Resourcefulness, yeah. Creativity. Right. But also, I like to say, I'm a, I am not advocating <laughs> pettiness. I'm just questioning the need to be the bigger person all the time. That's what uh, I'm doing. Okay. Yes, yes. No, uh, uh, you don't need to be the bigger person all the time. Sometimes <laughs> it's okay to I, I screw up a little. Yeah. You know, I, I mess with yourself and other people a little. I, I really don't know how, how to jump, jump into this one myself because I think, <laughs> I think in my life, I tend to be the reason why people need to be uh, taking. <laughs> Taking the higher ground or not. <laughs> um, you know, I say something and it's like, and they're like, okay, just try to be the bigger person. <laughs> so I, I don't know how to help you there. But I would say this, Daniel. I think we're at the beginning of this story, though. I think that you're just, you're beginning this journey. So we need to actually come back. When I like, become a villain? Yes. <laughs> we find out. What about I'm done Oh, yeah, she became a supervillain, didn't she? <laughs> Destroyed everyone's algorithms. <laughs> um, okay, well, good luck with that one, Danya. Thank you. And also, maybe just talk to your family. <laughs> I think you're fine. Yeah. Just take a deep breath and curse a little. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, we move on. We move on, though. Uh, we move on to uh, recommendations. We recommend something that we think might be of interest. I go first. My recommendation is I think I'd like to recommend people to actually watch very bad movies and to read very bad books because I'm reading a very bad book now. And a it, poor thing. It did, it's, it's written by this guy. He's written a lot. He's written a hell of a lot. He's sort of kind of historian. He's written a lot, and this is one of his first books. So he may have improved. And he's got good ideas, but he writes so badly. And in reading something that's badly written, you actually learn more. Mm. Because if it's well written, uh, George Orwell said that good writing should be like a pane of glass. You should just see straight through it. Um, when it's well written, you don't kind of don't notice it. And you just sort of receive the information, you move along. But when it's really bad, it really stands out and you think, oh, that's bad writing and I should avoid that. And I start thinking, God, do I do that? And, and with bad filmmaking as well, you, you learn about how films are made because yeah. a good film, you shouldn't be able to spot the joints, shouldn't be able to spot how it's put together. When it's bad, though, it's like, oh, that's how they do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think there's really good... Um, value in watching like a bad movie with bad acting. I agree with you. It kind of like triggers the uh, critical muscle. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And so uh, with that in mind, I, I would refer people back to the early Tom Cruise movies <laughs> <laughs> to see what bad acting looks like. But, um, but so that's yeah. your recommendation. That's my recommendation. I, and I can't recommend anything in particular. Uh, but, you know, if, you, if, if it's bad and you're watching it and you go, this is bad, and just, no, carry on. <laughs> Keep going with it. Keep going with it. Make sure that's on your algorithm because one day Daniel and I <laughs> is going to find you. <laughs> and we'll make you watch good movies. Yeah, mess with your algorithm. Citizen Kane again. Uh, okay, so that's my uh, Vernon, what's your recommendation? Uh, okay, my recommendation is uh, for a movie that's uh, that might not be around by the time this program comes out. It's a local, well, it's a collaboration between Malaysian and Singaporean filmmakers. It's called La Luna, and it is hilarious. I walked into, the, I heard about it when I was in town, and I quickly looked up where it was screening. So almost within a half hour of hearing about it, I found a cinema nearby and I got a ticket and walked in and I was the only person in the cinema until 
when the movie started to run, two boys came in to watch it and they sat in front of me. So only three of us in the cinema and we killed ourselves laughing. It was such a good movie. So as, and the two boys were Malaysian Chinese boys and this is a Malay movie. So I was really intrigued as to what brought these two young fellas into watch a Malay movie, these two Chinese boys. And I said, so how, so what brought you in here? Did you enjoy the movie? They said, yeah, 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 it was very good, very good. So I said, how come you came? What, what made you come? And they said, oh, uh, we wanted to see Marvel, but it was the wrong time. So we had <laughs> an hour and a bit to kill. So we came in here. And then I said, wow. So by accident, I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I asked them, I said, have you seen a local movie before? I said, no. So I said, I hope you'll tell your friends to come and see this because the movie's really good. It's uh, a local movie with uh, Sharifa Amani. Who's and, a great, great actress. Yeah. Great mm. actors. Namron slays it. Mm. He's got one scene. It pays for the price of the movie. <laughs> so please go and see it. It might be difficult to find. Please, please go and support it. Yeah. Yeah. It's already... La Luna. I think due to have yeah. far fewer screens. Yes, yes. Apparently yeah. they've reduced it already. So please just... Everybody, just go and flood the cinemas to, you know, let them know that they've done good work. Because it is really good work. Oh, cool. La Luna. Okay. La Luna. Um, uh, Danya. Uh, okay. I, I don't, not crossing you. I don't, <laughs> just take your it's time. It's okay, Cam. Whatever I don't you know your Netflix login <laughs> details. Um, I'm going, I don't think I've recommended this before. I'm going to recommend a game show, a UK game show. It's called Taskmaster. I don't oh, know if you've heard I, of I've it. I've heard of it. It's available. All the episodes are available on YouTube. You can watch all oh, the episodes okay. there. It's Great. basically, it's a really silly show. There's no real point to it. <laughs> As My most kind of with yep. most game shows. Uh, but basically, no, there's... Uh, Taskmaster is uh, Greg Davies um, and basically the show is they set all these ridiculous tasks up and have these comedians come in and they compete against each other to try and do it it's like silly things like trying to make a bed with your hand tied behind your back like one oh, hand like yeah. really silly right. things <laughs> or like you know trying to paint with the you know trying to paint the ceiling with a really like tall brush kind of thing like mm. doing a painting on the ceiling it's really silly but it's super funny if you want something that if you're having a bad day or if you just want something to fill your time it's really hilarious I would recommend watching it I think they've already got like 13 seasons or something like that um, yeah just like just go for the laughs it's fine like it, it's wonderful yeah yeah, it's, yeah. It, I, I know it's very popular yes, yeah. and he Greg Davis isn't it yes yes Greg yeah Davis. he's very popular mm. um, okay Taskmaster yes. available on YouTube yes mm. and um Okay, well, that brings us to the end of this week's oh. show. And before we go, a little bit of housekeeping. Um, Daniel, there's a book down there. What is that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. When did this get here? This is Confessions of an Old Boy by Cam Ruslan. Well, that's me. <laughs> uh, oh, you put a book out? I, I, it seems I have. Oh, I got you, a book you're out. right. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Oh. And uh, it's, um, it's a, a reissue of a book that came out um, back in, what, 2007? 15 years ago. That's right. And uh, mm, it has an extra story. Oh. And um, I, don't, I don't know if this is ethically allowed. I'm looking at producer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, plug yourself. Go on. Um, but, yeah, it's a book. Uh, it's by me. It's on sale in bookshops. Uh, I'm impressed. Yeah, called Confessions of an Old Boy. And, uh, and uh, oh, it's quite a beautiful book, actually. It's very beautiful. It, it is. And um, producer Hanif, just get used to it. For the next few weeks, I'm going to be doing this every time. <laughs> so, why not? Yes. Why just, not? It's just proof that Cam is multi-talented That's in right. many areas. That's he right. can spell. Uh, well, um, I, I know how to use spell check on, on Microsoft Word. So, well, that brings us to the end of this week's show. Thank you very much. And only arrange me now to thank Vernon Adrian Amon. Thank you. 
for having me again. Thank you. And thank you, Daniel Nair. Thank you. I, I will be less petty when I see you next. I, oh, I'm petty, <laughs> darling. It's all good. Daniel, I just love your you know, yeah. confessions each time. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> Pettiness makes the world go round, you know. Yeah. We can't be all deep and meaningful and, and all that. It's like, well, this is what's been happening in the Nye household this week. <laughs> <laughs> and if I find out who did that. <laughs> so thank you. And uh, our producer, Hanif Baharudin. Hey, and uh, please join us next week for another exciting episode of A Bit of Culture here on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.